Well, summer turn is almost here. Now that many of the students have left for the summer, you are probably doing quarterly inspections and realizing you needed to order more replacement furniture. So what do you do now? The furniture you did order, it's currently being loaded on containers in Asia. Well, Appalachian University Systems has you covered. AUS has been supplying universities and off-campus housing with great furniture for almost 30 years. They know the unexpected happens, and they keep inventory in their Birmingham, Alabama facility for many of the basic pieces that you use for your furnished apartments, like mattresses and beds and other case goods. Look them up at theausway.com. Again, that's www.theausway.com. And if you are a developer planning out your next student housing project, AUS is set up with in-house designers that can work with you and your architect to make sure the design concepts are extended to the feel and look of the furniture as well. Again, check them out at theausway.com. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and I'm joined by no one today. (laughs) Hope everybody is doing uh, great just because of summer schedules and everything else. Uh, I wasn't actually able to book one of my great co-hosts. I would have loved to have had, because we're we're discussing something that's a little bit more on campus, I would have loved to have had uh, Dr. April Convalinka, who many of you guys have heard in the past, um, over this past year, and just give you a little bit of update on on April. She has actually joined University of Central Florida staff as their executive director of housing and res life. So big congrats to, to Dr. Convalinka on that. And hopefully we'll be able to talk with her soon on the on the podcast about that transition to, to UCF and, and some other things that we can expect from her later this year. But did want to give you just kind of a, a quick update with her. So in this episode, I'm covering an organization that is commonly referred to as a KUHO-I, which is the Association of College and University Housing Officers International. That last I stands for. It's an international organization that, you know, as it says, it's an association representing uh, college and university housing professionals. And it has traditionally, you know, been something that universities across the world are members of and it has served great as a as a resource and a education platform for for those professionals that are in housing and res life at those universities. Over the past few years they they have expanded that beyond membership with just universities and institutions that that have housing but have also expanded that membership to a corporate level to many of the off-campus providers uh, private providers as well as vendors that are servicing the the student housing industry so it's a great great organization and as part of you know what i'm trying to do with student housing insight i really feel like uh, for the primary part of our audience, which are on-site managers and, and site-level employees, you know, there's not a lot of resources for for you guys outside of what your company provides or what many of the property management associations provide. And that really only covers, you know, 60 to 70% of what what you need to know as a student housing professional. And the rest of that really has to do with the university administration and the res life side of it, that a lot of times universities aren't necessarily willing to open their doors to the to the privatized housing that is purpose-built for students. <clears throat> or at least there's a, this assumption that they don't. I've personally found in, I would say, 98% of the cases, they're more than more than happy to open the doors to to the private side and be a resource. But I meant Akuho I, and I'll get into this a little bit more in the interview. I actually came across them when I was in college, uh, working as a resident director for the first property that I worked on, and I found it just as a as a as a huge huge resource that allowed for 
um, me to really understand who I needed to go to within my university, who was, the, what were the best places to, to refer residents who were having issues. And I, I strongly suggest if you're in the off-campus world to make sure that you certainly do your research on Akuho I, look at your company potentially joining Akuho I. But anyway, uh, let me get into let me get into what this particular episode is about. I, I recently reached out to Mary De Niro, who is there, who is Akuho Eyes CEO, and, and told her a little bit about what we were doing. Um, she had not listened to the podcast yet, and she found it great. And I said, "Look, you guys have got a conference coming up. I'd love to, I'd love to go out and kind of do some coverage, like I have for some of the other industry conferences this year, and you know, really want to talk to someone kind of in advance of that to let everybody know what is what is Akuho Eyes." Um, for those that, that may not know. And she was, you know, very open to, to doing so. And she actually put me in touch with their president-elect. They have a, a board that is made up of the university and institutional members. And so she introduced me to Dr. Alvin Sturdivant. Now, <laughs> the funny thing about um, Dr. Alvin Sturdivant, because anytime I begin looking at a guest, I, I make sure that, you know, I, I do some research on them. And the more and more I looked at his LinkedIn on, or his profile on LinkedIn, and then later I began, <laughs> began to become very interested because it looks like we were definitely both from North Carolina. We were the same age and, and come to find out he's, uh, he's a year older than I am. And we literally grew up like 30 minutes apart from each other. So, so that was really cool and really, uh, you know, shows how, how small, this this niche is anyway i sit down with with alvin and and kind of unpack you know his history his career path alvin is currently the vice president of student development at seattle university and um it's it's a interesting career that he's had taking him from starting out at nc state as a student to working in several areas in the east coast in the midwest and and finally in Washington State, where he's at now. So, and then we get into then we get into a little bit more of, of what a Kuho A is, and, and I think that's will be great for those um, who have never heard of a Kuho A before. And then we get into a couple of things with the upcoming conference, um, and really kind of out, outline that. Uh, I'm sure many of you have been to conferences. Kuho A is very very different. Um, it's very learning based. It expands beyond just the four days that are focused on the learning sessions because there's also opportunities to visit neighboring campuses and and also be a part of of different pre-conference work groups and it's just it's just a fascinating conference to to say the least but um that is coming up this year uh july 7th through the 10th are the main dates so right after the fourth in fact some of the pre-conference stuff is actually happening before the fourth but it's in denver this year um next year it's going to be in toronto so in canada and it's just um if you ever have the if you ever have the opportunity to go i would definitely say go uh, this is something that may not be, it's something that I feel like will, will certainly have a very lasting impact on how you approach your career from as a student housing professional. So again, I want to thank Akuho I for opening their doors to me and, and, and certainly to, to Alvin for giving me his time. Um, I know it's summer, but there is no <laughs> way that he is, uh, that he doesn't have a full schedule these days. So anyway, uh, let's uh, let's hit play and get into the interview. Dr. Sturdivant, welcome to the show. Wesley, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Alvin, it's you know it's so crazy as you and I, as you know, Mary, the CEO with Kuho I, as she made the introduction, and I saw your last name, I thought, you know what? I went to school with a lot of students. <laughs> yeah, saw your credentials, saw that you graduated from NC State, and I, you know it was just kind of amazing. I, I wanted to share this with the audience. But you and I, I think you're maybe a year older than I am. But you and I grew up like 30 minutes from each other, which is just it was just crazy. You know how uh, you know the the world, <laughs> how much smaller it's becoming 
which I think is even uh, you know more of a reason that we've got to have great organizations like Akuho Ah that can that can bring us together and allow us to to share things. But really quick, just go in and and give us a quick you know the origin story of uh, of Alvin and and how you ended up becoming so passionate with student life. Sure. Um, so I grew up in North Carolina, small town, um, as you noted, about half hour away from where you grew up, um, also about half an hour away from Charlotte, which is the largest city in North Carolina. But um, certainly um, at that particular stage in my life was a small town boy um, in every way imaginable and um, discovered um, NC State um, through baseball camps when I was younger, and it was the only university that I was interested in attending um, as an undergraduate <laughs> student and ended up being the only institution that I applied to. And so luckily I got in <laughs> and I, I, I went to NC State and um, loved every second of it. And like most folks who end up in careers in student affairs, I was an actively engaged student. Um, I was involved with student government immediately in my first year, primarily through the Student Conduct Board, and in my second year, became an RA, a resident advisor, and, and did that through my sophomore and junior year, and continued to be involved in some other things, but the most formative experiences I had were tied to university housing at NC State, and as a result of that, by the end of my junior year, determined that I was interested into going into student affairs as a career. I'd been on a clinical psychology pathway up to that point and was sort of narrowly focused on that until I was challenged by one of my academic advisors who I'd known since I'd been in high school and who really pushed me to think more critically about my career path and the things that I was most passionate about. And in a meeting with her, she gave me a homework assignment, um, which ultimately was to meet with some folks who had been my mentors across the campus um, who um, worked in student affairs. Um, a couple of those folks worked specifically in university housing. And so I went and met with those folks, had some great conversations, I went back and met with my advisor a couple of weeks later and was sold on a career in student affairs. And, you know, so in addition to the student leadership experiences I had, I stayed on at NC State for graduate school and, and did my uh, master's program in the higher education administration program. And after graduating there, I moved on to Syracuse University, where I worked for three years as a residence director, uh, then as an area coordinator, and then lastly, as a coordinator for diversity education in housing residence life. And then I moved on from there to the University of Vermont, where I was hired as an assistant director um, and um, shortly thereafter became an associate director um, working with the Res Education Program and from there went to St. Louis University as the director of housing and residence life and was there for a few years um, before landing at Seattle University where I am currently. Um, I came initially to Seattle U as the assistant vice president um, and then um, a few years later became the associate vice president and now serve as the vice president for student development. Um, a role that I've been in since June of 2017. So I'm not quite a year into this role. So Alvin, with you know working with with five institutions like that and in a couple of different roles for for our audience, kind of explain the the differences and and how those different departments between housing and res life and student affairs and student development how they've kind of complemented each other, what the differences have been, because I think our audience would like to under, at least, I, I think most people in the on-campus world understand that, but for the, for off-campus, can you give some ex explanation on that? Sure. So student affairs and student development are essentially the same. Um, you know, from one campus to another, um, you are likely hearing it referred to as one or another. Um, student affairs is the standard um, sort of umbrella division that you'll find on most college and university campuses. Um, and it's usually the area where a housing residence life department will um, sort of be positioned. And so at each of the institutions um, that I've worked at, 
um, student affairs or student development is the division that has held responsibility for the Housing Residence Life program on its campus. Housing Residence Life, you know, the varying positions that I have worked in essentially represent the trajectory associated with on-campus housing positions, um, you know, residence director uh, being um, really an entry-level position, area coordinator, um, depending on whether it's a small school or a large school, really looks different on many campuses. At Syracuse University, where I was an area coordinator, um, at that particular time, um, it was a position that was in between residence director and assistant director, um, assistant director being more of a middle management position. Um, and so it was a step up from entry, uh, but not quite uh, middle management in that um, I was um, supervising primarily graduate students who were working um, with our apartment communities, both undergraduate apartments and graduate student and family housing. Um, whereas my assistant director and associate director roles moved me more into uh, middle management, um, where I was reporting directly to um, the director at the University of Vermont um, and had uh, responsibility for the supervision of full-time staff. And in the uh, University of Vermont model, as associate director, I had responsibility for the assistant directors who supervised our residence directors um, being our entry-level um, staff members. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, the varying administrative roles that I've had in student affairs, student development, leadership, assistant associate, uh, vice president, and now vice president, were just increasing levels of responsibility. Um, so as assistant vice president, I was part of the senior leadership team in the division of student development um, and had responsibility for supervising varying departments. When I first came, it was um, all the health and wellness um, units within the division. So things like the counseling center and the health center and university recreation. And then that transitioned when I became associate vice president to having being the number two in our division and having more central institutional responsibilities and working more collaboratively with other divisions in sort of setting strategy and planning for um, the university. In that regard, housing and residence life came into my portfolio given my background. Um, and then as vice president, I have full responsibility for the 14 departments that report to the Division of Student Development. And again, housing is one of those departments. And even in my vice president's role, I have maintained um, housing as one of the departments that reports to me primarily um, because of uh, my background and experiences, but also because of my passion for housing and residence life as a profession. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about passion for just a second. I mean, because that's a it's an awesome career, you know, spanning over the past, uh, you know, 20 some odd years. What's kind of what's what's been that thing that has just you know pushed you and that you you're waking up every morning saying this is what I do. What you know is it the the students? Is it helping other people? Kind of give us an understanding of of what what that is. What where that passion comes from? Sure, it's a, it's a combination of factors. I think about it, you know, from the perspective of where I started. So I was a psychology major with an interest in really working with kids um, and, and working with kids who, you know, had been in abusive home situations or had experienced um, some level of devastation or destruction in their lives and were really needing some assistance in learning um, how to manage those issues. And so helping has always been sort of an interest of mine in, in discovering student affairs and housing and residence life, that interest remained in, in place. And so um, when I think about the thing that gets me up every day and keeps me excited about the, the work that I do, I think it's twofold. Um, the primary is certainly the students and really having the opportunity to shape young lives and to assist them in their transformation and their growth and, and how they're evolving as young adults and, and really being able to, to challenge them and push them um, in ways that I myself was challenged and pushed um, as a student. That is significant to me. And also, I'm um, thinking about it from the perspective of the folks that I have the opportunity to work with um, every day. You know, folks who work in housing and residence life and, and, and work more broadly in student development and student affairs are folks who are genuinely interested in, in students and who they are, but also, um, and probably more importantly, in who they are becoming. And the programs and the services that we offer 
in housing and residence life specifically really give us an opportunity to work with students on the front lines and um, to really see them at their very best, but also to see them at their very worst um, and to help them evolve from you know, who they are at the time that they come to us into, you know, being the person that they're closer and more likely to be as they are maturing and understanding their identity and, and who they will ultimately be as citizens in the world. Very cool. So along that way, Akuhoa, and for those that may not have remembered from the intro, but Akuhoa, Akuhoa <laughs> stands for Association of College and University Housing Officers International. So beyond just the, the U.S. borders, but across the globe, this organization is helping college and university housing folks uh, as, a, as a resource and, and, and a lot of different things that we'll go through here in just, in just a minute. But you're now about to take on the, the president's position within the organization. Tell us a little bit about the, the time frame for that and, and how that, because it's, it's actually the president of the, of the board. That is correct. So yeah, tell so, us just a little bit about the, the structure of ACUHO and, and you know, why they exist. Well, let's just start with that. Let's start with you know, why does ACUHO exist? Yeah, sure. Uh, so in, 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 in my perspective, AKUI is one of the leading organizations, if not the leading organization for campus housing and, and residence life professionals. We're home uh, to approximately um, 17,000 professionals um, representing about 1.2 million on-campus students from around the globe. As you noted, we are an international association and um, are um, not representing just the U.S., but, you know, we have chapters and, and members in places like Mexico and Australia and in South Africa, in addition to the, the number of folks who are represented in the U.S. Uh, but our you know, primary aim is really to enhance the work of those professionals who are working on college and university campuses by um, providing resources that help them to op optimize the living environment for students, uh, both from a program and a service perspective. And, and we do that in a number of ways. You know, we provide benchmarking data, research, and um, we also provide, you know, talking points for campuses and helping, you know, their institutions understand the value added um, by a housing residence life program. We also, um, through our research and benchmarking, um, help to demonstrate the impact um, that campus housing and residence life has on things like recruitment and retention, but also things like growth and achievement, which to some degree is helping to further elevate the profile of campus housing departments by prioritizing the needs that they have and helping to inform the decisions that colleges and universities are making. Tell, um, tell, me, tell me a little bit about what you mean by that, by elevating their profile. Um, so, you know, I think to some degree, the, the impact that housing residence life has on a campus isn't fully recognized. It, 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 particularly equally on every campus. And so part of our role as an association is to provide our members with the language and the data that legitimately demonstrates the credible ways that they are influencing the student experience, the you know overall ability to recruit students to campus. So when I think about things like learning communities and residential colleges. Um, we're providing data and research that indicates the influence that those kinds of things are having um, on um, the student experience um, as just a couple of examples. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about, you know, who they serve. Obviously, there's the institutional members, you know, those universities that are are a part of Akuho and as well as their, you know, their employees, their staff. Outside of that, who else do we find as members for Akuho? Sure. So, you know, Akuho I is different than than most in that, um, you know, as you um, alluded to, our, our members are institutions, um, and certainly the the people who work at those institutions benefit from that institutional membership in that you can carry your full um, staffing um, body um, as a part of that membership. Um, so in addition to the institutional members, we also have corporate entities. Um, so any corporate entity that is in the student housing game associated with colleges and universities 
um, is eligible for membership in the association. Individual professionals who are employed at or are operating private residence halls at qualifying institutions um, fit into our membership categories. Students at qualifying institutions, retirees, um, also those who've served actively in the association um, for at least five years are also eligible for memberships. And then the last body are faculty affiliates. Those are the folks who um, are eligible for membership in a I. And, and for, for corporate membership, tell me a bit, a little bit about the, the types of, uh, and I don't know if you can give out you know, particular organizations, but uh, I'm sure many of our audience list, listeners, there's probably a lot of them that their organization or their, their company is, is a member of a, a KUHO yeah. and don't even know it. So can you expand a little bit on who those members are? Sure. Uh, so it's a combination of folks. Uh, so there, you know, there's the one category which would, you know, primarily be framed around um, housing development and management companies who are providing P3 services to colleges and universities. Um, and then there are also other vendors, vendors who are providing um, swag like t-shirts and bags and and things of that nature and then vendors um, like our furniture vendors our laundry vendors our vending machine vendors um, are also um, the kinds of folks um, who are eligible for membership in our association um, just to name a few examples um, without going into the detail of specific entities um, that have memberships yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, to explain to the audience a little bit about my introduction to Akuho, it was very early on in, in my career. I've never been an on-campus RA or resident director. I had a lot of close friends who, who were, but I went to go work for a, um, and we're talking back in 1997, 98. Um, we, it was, uh, it was with an off-campus provider and this was one of the very first off-campus communities that had on-site management and, and all of that at that particular university. And there was, I mean, there's a, there's a lot lacking for resources for, for off-campus uh, operators today. Uh, back then it was, it was so much worse. And I was, I was serving as a kind of a part-time leasing agent as well as a resident director uh, for this property as well, that was kind of a liaison between management and and the residents, and was really there to give uh, not just to to necessarily be a mediator between management and and the and the residents, but also to have you know a group of community assistants of other student residents that could. Uh, work with the residents. It typically, you know, our residents were upperclassmen, so there wasn't the, you know, intense res life programming that was needed um, that you typically see with, you know, freshman housing. But it was, but there were still a lot of issues that came up for, you know, a student that's in that, you know, let's call it 19 to 23 year old phase of their life. And it presented a lot of challenges that, that I felt like I certainly wasn't prepared for. And certainly the university was, you know, I was able to go to them and they were able to point me in the direction of some resources and, and give me some guidance. But then additionally, I had many of my friends who are RAs that pointed to Akuho Ah and said, hey, this is, here are some of the materials that we use from them and really just you know, dove in to, to everything that you guys provide. And at that time, I, <laughs> you guys had a website, but there wasn't that much information on it. So I was, I was literally stealing things from, <laughs> from RA friends and other folks that were in the business, you know, printed materials and, um, and just kind of consuming myself with that so that I could really understand, you know, how to, how to overcome some of these issues that we were having on that property. And and so because of that, Akuho has always been something that I've kind of had an organization that I've had near and dear to my heart throughout my career. But tell me a little bit about you know how how Akuho has has played a significant part in, in your career along the way. Sure, you know it's 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 been uh, a long sort of relationship with Akuho. You know I. 
um, have always worked at member institutions and have benefited significantly um, from my presence on those campuses from the number of resources that Akuhawai has, uh, you know, both um, those uh, resources that are in the library that you can access online, uh, but also through, you know, the network itself um, and the number of experts who have been affiliated with Akuhawai who've been supporting me um, throughout my entire career. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I got um, primarily involved in 2008, first with that study tour to South Africa, and then in 2010-11, I'm um, re-engaged uh, with Akuhawai through the Place and Exchange, joining the Place and Exchange leadership group as the employee services coordinator, um, working um, primarily on providing resources to employers who were looking to field positions um, through their presence at the placement exchange or through their um, posting their open positions on the placement exchange portal and website. Beyond that, um, you know, I completed my term with the placement exchange after four years, took a year off from providing any service to any association and got a call from the president at the time um, who had been um, my first director of housing residence life at Syracuse University when I came out of grad school, um, inviting me to think about joining the board in an ex officio capacity to work on a special project for him. And I legitimately thought I would join the board, um, work on the project, complete it after that one year's time, um, and then walk away from board engagement. Um, and the next president, um, after having received my report and recommendations, asked if I would stay on um, and assist the board and the association in implementing um, my recommendations, and I agreed to do so. I mean, we were shifting the term of office um, at that particular point, um, the time frame. Um, we used to be on the academic year cycle, and now we're on the calendar year cycle. So that was agreeing to stay on for another year and a half. Nearing the conclusion of that year and a half, um, I was encouraged to run for office uh, and decided to do so based on just wanting to continue um, the work um, and having really appreciated being able to engage in um, really setting strategy and direction for the association and in many ways for the field of housing residents life and decided that the, the best way to do that from my perspective was to run for the presidential track. And, and you come in as vice president. Um, so I served last calendar year um, in the vice president role. I'm currently in the president-elect role, um, and I have another six months in, in that role, and we'll assume the presidency in January of 2019, and that will run through December of 2019. Um, and and it's, it's been fascinating. Uh, you know, I I'm engaged in, you know, strategic planning with the board. We're um, coming up on the conclusion of that plan, and we'll be um, starting the next phase of our strategic planning efforts. Um, we've established the priorities of the association. Um, we work really closely with the, the central office staff. Um, you know, so in addition to the board, there's also an office of full-time um, staff members who are also supporting um, our members. And, and, you know, they're digging in day-to-day um, -day and providing uh, more of the direct support, um, whereas we as a, a board are providing more governance and advisement and consultation on some of those larger issues um, that our members are experiencing. And so it's, 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 it's a, a good balance of work and leadership from our office um, staff and our volunteer leaders um, in terms of our board um, and those others who are volunteering their time through task forces and committees and what have you. Gotcha. So Akua has, they've got their annual conference and expo that uh, I've never been to it. This is the first year that I'm going. I've heard a lot about it. I'll get into that in just a second, but just for, for our listeners, give a little bit of a summary on you know who should be attending the conference and, and a, a bit about what the agenda is like. Sure. So at Kuhoi, the annual conference and exposition, um, ACE as we call it, is really open um, to anyone who has any impact or influence on housing residents' life, whether that's, you know, on campus, off campus, um, doesn't particularly matter. There's um, really an opportunity uh, or multiple opportunities for, for folks who 
our had the opportunity to to touch our students through sort of the the collegiate living experience, um, whatever that means for um, your area. But it's really the premier hub for activity and knowledge dissemination in the world for campus housing. It's you know bringing together all of our campus housing and residence life leaders from around the world. I think that's really um, the body of folks that we are targeting that other populations of interest include graduate students. Um, in fact, this year we've established um, a new grad rate, uh, making it you know, really, really, really affordable for graduate students to attend. And of course, um, you know, I talked about our faculty affiliates earlier. Um, there's also an opportunity for those, those folks um, as well. Our sort of extended conference activity you know, begins on July 2nd and runs through the six with our international study tour um, and our HBCU um, roundtable retreat, um, which are really nuanced opportunities for our many of our members who are coming to us from outside of the U.S. Um, and then those, of course, who represent historically black colleges and universities. Um, we have a number of pre-conference sessions that address a range of topics. So we have our senior housing officer um, forum, our emerging mid-level leaders, um, Institute. Um, we have programs around um, public policy and research, and we have our international symposium. Um, all of those things are pre-conference that occur on Saturday the 7th. Um, we also have things like the Multicultural Institute, um, which is um, coming into its third year, and it's really an immersive kind of an experience focused on multiculturalism and social justice and identity and inclusion, but with a specific, specific lean towards housing residence life professionals that occurs on July 10th as a part of the conference experience. And it's a full day experience. Um, and then our educational sessions, which run from the 7th of July until the 10th of July, that Saturday to Tuesday. Um, and they represent every possible functional area within housing residence life. And, you know, we talk about operations and residential education. Um, we talk about business and finance, we talk about P3s, we talk about new construction and renovations and deferred maintenance, uh, we talk about assignments, and I mean, it, it really runs the gamut. Um, so any and everyone who's interested or works in any of those areas could really benefit from attending a Kuwait. And to talk about the, the educational sessions, um, you know, this will be the first year that, that I've attended and uh, friends and colleagues of mine who have attended in the past have said that these educational sessions are unlike any typical conference that I've been to before. Um, I believe there's a total of 206 sessions over those four days from, That's correct. from Saturday to Tuesday. I, tell us a little bit about how the topics for these are, are even generated. And then, you know, what's the what's the structure of the sessions typically like? Is it is it very open? Is it more like a TED talk? What tell us a little bit about about that? Sure. Um, so, uh, sort of standard protocol as it relates to all sort of association conference experiences. Professionals who are interested in presenting submit proposals on the gamut of topics that they might have some interest in or that are related to the housing residence life field more broadly. Um, and these um, proposals are then reviewed by the program committee. We have an annual program committee associated with each of our um, annual conferences. And, and they then they select the programs and they slate them within the, the schedule, the ed session schedule. The programs run 50 minutes in length and they often are a combination of sort of broad presentation with conversation um, and the opportunity of those in attendance to um, ask questions. Had we reach out to select speakers um, to include them in the portfolio of programs that we offer at our on-site. This year, um, you know, two of our featured speakers are Ibram Kendi and DL student, uh, Stewart, excuse me, uh, both um, who are leaders in research related to race, marginalized populations and difference, and they were both featured speakers um, at our annual State of the Profession conference um, and symposium that occurs in the earlier part um, of the winter, um, end of January, beginning of February, um, specifically. Um, it's also new as of last year, we include a senior leaders track of programs, uh, which are selected and slated specifically for senior leaders within the field of housing residence life. 
Um, and the topics for these programs are typically more broadly focused and strategic in nature, as opposed to more general topics that you'll find in the ed session tracks, which are often a bit more operational and programmatic in terms of um, the framing and the spin of, of those opportunities. But they are, you know, those 206 programs that are available really represent the interest of all of our professionals. Very cool. So uh, tell us a little bit about the, the expo part of the conference. Sure. Um, so this year in our exhibit hall or in the expo, we'll include about 200 exhibit booths um, representing 145 companies, vendors um, that I spoke about earlier. These um, exhibitors will offer their products and their services. And these are typically, again, in the areas of furniture and master planning, architecture, IT, facilities management um, are among the areas that are represented by our exhibitors. Our 2017 delegates um, identified that they spent five, more than five hours in the exhibit hall. Um, so this is a particularly wow. popular opportunity for our attendees um, really to connect with vendors, um, some of which they already uh, or exhibitors, some of which they have relationships with already, um, but then to learn more about those that perhaps they've uh, not had a relationship with or don't have much information about to visit with them, to mingle with them, and to really congregate and learn more about their services and, and the opportunities um, that are presented and how those might be different um, from those exhibitors and those vendors that they're currently contracting with. That's one thing I, I love about any conference, really. You know, the, these vendors are, are great, you know, be it off campus or on campus type of, of conferences. Uh, you know, the vendors are great. They, they love what, uh, you know, obviously they're, you know, they're there to, to sell and, and develop relationships, you know, based off of selling their services and products. But, you know, I find in this industry that, you know, these are a group of vendors that, that really care about, you know, the type of impact that, you know, that the, these members of these organizations have. So uh, it's, uh, I, I think for the most part, <laughs> the vendors are, are pretty, you know, psyched about being there and hearing what everybody's up to and, and, you know, creating, you know, kind of a community just with, within that. That's absolutely the case. Yeah, we, you know, our vendors are very satisfied with the experience. You know, 97% report that they were extremely satisfied with their experiences um, last ACE. And 89% of our exhibitors are returning vendors um, for ACE 2018. And we'll also have 12 new companies on site for 2018. Awesome, awesome. So tell the audience a little bit about, you know, what a what an attendee to, to this conference can really expect as far as their takeaways and, and how it will help shape their perspective. Because uh, as I've heard from other past attendees, you know, the one thing that they that they share over and over again was, you know, this really changed my perspective, either on the career that they're in or some of the work that they're doing. So uh, you know, from your own personal background, what have what have you walked away from, and what would you, you know, suggest others be prepared to uh, to walk away with after attending this? Sure. You know, I I think you know first and foremost the the networking opportunity that is presented through attendance at ACE is phenomenal, um, and that's the opportunity to network with you know, professionals from the gamut of functional areas that are represented within our field, but also the gamut of institutional types and also from institutions from around the globe. I mean, it's, it's a pretty spectacular opportunity to just, you know, be in the presence of those folks and to be in their company and to really have the opportunity to learn from them and, and what they're doing on their respective campuses. That has always been, you know, the, the, the biggest benefit from, from my vantage point and, and also a benefit that we hear about consistently from our members um, and our professionals. I think our ed sessions are also top notch um, and, and we slate them really intentionally. They are um, attached to our knowledge domains. And so each of the days is representative of one of the, the domains um, that we have as an association and the variety is also amazing and it is all with the aim of sort of moving us forward as an association but also as a field of housing residence life um, i think uh, you know students uh, you know we have a good range of students who also participate in ace um, and and they leave with 
new contacts and with exposure to both new and also more refined ideas about you know, what they can do as student leaders on their campuses um, and, and how they can work more closely um, with those um, who are working in a full-time capacity to, to really, you know, transform what it means um, to live on a college campus or to house college students um, at off-campus sites. We also believe that the experience is um, really allowing our folks to claim their place as thought leaders, particularly those who are presenting either ed sessions or, um, you know, the featured, you know, speakers, but thought leaders both within their institutions and within the field at, at large. It's, it's a, a great opportunity um, for folks um, in that way. Um, but, um, I, you know, I think come with an expectation to learn a lot, to ask a lot of questions, to connect with a lot of people, um, to engage with folks um, in a professional setting, um, both over um, content, but um, also um, socially, um, given the number of opportunities that are offered both formally and informally through our host site, um, that that really is a great um, opportunity for everyone who will be in attendance. So Alvin, we're sitting here at June 14th, conference begins. I guess most people will be there, you know, arriving on the on the sixth because I think well you've also got courses that that uh, or those other programs that are happening before the classes begin on the seventh. So coming in right after Fourth of July basically. Um, sure. and you know, I think there's probably a lot of listeners that, you know, based on, you know, what you've said and and I'm sure they'll go to the you know, to the Akuho website to, to get more information. And, you know, it, it's something that maybe they want to do next year or putting put into their budget to do next year or even the year after. Uh, this is this conference is typically the same week each year, somewhere between the second and third year of, of excuse me, somewhere between the second and third week of, uh, of July. Correct. It, it, it ranges um, depending um, on location. So. It could be as early as the end of June, um, but it, it, the end of June through um, those first couple of weeks um, in July are fairly typical. Um, gotcha. we, 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 we try and host in July um, where possible as frequently um, as we can, but there are those occasions um, when um, it, it perhaps um, is in June. Um, it, the 2017 ACE um, was in June, um, while 2016 um, was in July. Gotcha. Now, um, this year's in Denver. Uh, that is I'm, correct. I'm betting there's already a venue for next year. Is there? What's yes. the host city for next year? Uh, 2019 will be in Toronto. Oh, going to Canada. Now, yeah. is there? Um, how often is the? Uh, since you guys are an international organization, how often? Uh, is it in the U.S. versus other countries? Uh, so um, every uh, six to eight years or so, um, we are moving in and out of the U.S. and Canada. Um, okay. So ACE itself is primarily uh, U.S.-based or Canada-based. The other opportunities, though, that we provide are throughout the globe. Uh, we have a number of other opportunities in other parts of the world, uh, you know, Mexico, um, Australia, South Africa, and we have a range of our members um, who are participating in those opportunities as well. Um, and so while the, the annual conference and exposition is primarily based in one of those um, two locations, the other opportunities that we provide are hosted in other parts of the globe. Awesome. Well, I hope uh, I hope there are some Caribbean institutions that are <laughs> part of Akuho that that want to bring the uh, that want to bring the conference to the Caribbean because I, I think that's <laughs> definitely one I'm going to put on my on my list when you guys announce it. So. Oh yes, I think that would be on many people's list. Well, Dr. Sturdivant, I appreciate it uh, again for for you coming on and and sharing a little bit about Akuho with the Student Housing Insight audience. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier the, the website that is acuho-i.org, acuho-i.org. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you with follow-up questions or uh, with anyone 
at Akuho Ave. What's the best way for them to to uh, reach out to you guys? Um, all of our information is on that website. Um, so if if you um, have particular folks that you are interested in being in contact with based on the roles and responsibilities that we have either as professional staff in the home office or as uh, board members, you can learn a little bit about each of us um, via the website and all of our contact information is available there. And, and we uh, are welcoming any contact, any questions, any conversations that you all are interested in having. So feel free um, to outreach. Well, great. Well, listen, I think uh, I think you're probably one of the busiest guys in student housing. I really appreciate you taking the uh, the hour or so to one get through all the technical issues we had at the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, spend some time talking about this for for our listeners. I think it's been great, and look forward to seeing you in in July in Denver, and uh, hopefully next time you're you're in the Charlotte area, I get to see you then as well. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for so much for having me. Thanks, Alan. All right, guys, uh, again, uh, thanks to Akuho and to uh, Dr. Sturdivant for, for giving me so much of their time um, over the past couple of weeks of, as we've prepared for this podcast. So just to kind of give you a preview of some other things that are coming up this summer, we have got a packed summer uh, for you guys on content that we're releasing. Uh, we're finishing up a six-part six marketing series uh, that, that Greta's working on. I'm excited about you guys uh, hearing about that. We mentioned a little, little bit of that in our last podcast. I've got stuff on recovering the, the rising cost in construction. We're also going over some stuff for turn, as many of you guys are, are headed that way here in a few weeks. It's going to be really great. We've got some other really exciting announcements that I'll be telling you more about um, in a future episode. But I just want to, again, say thank you to everybody in this Student Housing Insight community because I really feel like that's what it's becoming. I've, I've made a lot of posts on LinkedIn recently asking for, for ideas, and you guys have just responded so so greatly to that, and, and I appreciate it so much. I can it's just it's just a complete joy to be working with so many professionals that are passionate about what they're doing and, and work with you guys to kind of figure out a better way of doing things so again thanks for that and we'll see you next time